Today is the 16th day of February. I'm Jill. Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. It is a joy, truly a joy and a pleasure to, one, read the Bible to you in community, individually and collectively, until we get through it together in a year, but secondly, uh, to be reading and coming to you from the land of Israel. What an incredible place this is. What an incredible journey it has been this far. And uh, it's really been a joy just to be able to give you a small glimpse into this place where the Bible comes to life. Let's jump into our reading today and then we will just talk about where we've been, what we've seen, and what transpired for today. We're continuing in the book of Leviticus today, chapters 11, 12, and 13, and this week we're reading the Contemporary English Version. Leviticus chapter 11. The Lord told Moses and Aaron to say to the community of Israel, You may eat any animal that has divided hoofs and choose the cud, but you must not eat animals such as camels, rock badgers, and rabbits that chew the cud but don't have divided hoofs, and you must not eat pigs. They have divided hoofs but don't chew the cud. All of these animals are unclean, and you are forbidden even to touch their dead bodies. You may eat anything that lives in water and has fins and scales, but it would be disgusting for you to eat anything else that lives in water, and you must not even touch their dead bodies. Eagles, vultures, buzzards, crows, ostriches, hawks, seagulls, owls, pelicans, storks, herons, hoopoos, and bats are also disgusting, and you are forbidden to eat any of them. The only winged insects you may eat are locusts, grasshoppers, and crickets. All other winged insects that crawl are too disgusting for you to eat. Don't even touch the dead bodies of animals that have divided hoofs, but don't chew the cud, and don't touch the dead bodies of animals that have paws. If you do, you must wash your clothes, but you are still unclean until evening. Moles, rats, mice, and all kinds of lizards are unclean. Anyone who touches their dead bodies or anything touched by their dead bodies becomes unclean until evening. If something made of wood, cloth, or leather touches one of their dead bodies, it must be washed, but it is still unclean until evening. If any of these animals is found dead in a clay pot, the pot must be broken to pieces and everything in it becomes unclean. If you pour water from this pot on any food, that food becomes unclean and anything drinkable in the pot becomes unclean. If the dead body of one of these animals touches anything else, including ovens and stoves, that thing becomes unclean and must be destroyed. A spring or a cistern where one of these dead animals is found is still clean, but anyone who touches the animal becomes unclean. If the dead body of one of these animals is found lying on seeds that have been set aside for planting, the seeds remain clean, but seeds that are soaking in water become unclean if the dead animal is found in the water. If the animal that may be eaten happens to die and you touch it, you become unclean until evening. If you eat any of its meat or carry its body away, 
you must wash your clothes, but you are still unclean until evening. Don't eat any of those disgusting little creatures that crawl or walk close to the ground. If you eat any of them, you will become just as disgusting and unclean as they are. I am the Lord your God, and you must dedicate yourselves to me and be holy just as I am holy. Don't become disgusting by eating any of these unclean creatures. I brought you out of Egypt so that I could be your God. Now you must become holy because I am holy. I have given these laws so that you will know what animals, birds, and fish are clean and may be eaten and which ones are unclean and may not be eaten. The Lord told Moses to say to the community of Israel, If a woman gives birth to a son, she is unclean for seven days, just as she is during her monthly period. Her son must be circumcised on the eighth day, but her loss of blood keeps her from being completely clean for another 33 days. During this time, she must not touch anything holy or go to the place of worship. Any woman who gives birth to a daughter is unclean for two weeks, just as she is during her period, and she won't be completely clean for another 66 days. When the mother has completed her time of cleansing, she must come to the front of the sacred tent and bring to the priest a year-old lamb as a sacrifice to please me, and a dove or a pigeon as a sacrifice for sin. After the priest offers the sacrifices to me, the mother will become completely clean from her loss of blood, whether her child is a boy or a girl. If she cannot afford a lamb, she can offer two doves or two pigeons, one as a sacrifice to please me, and the other as a sacrifice for sin. The Lord told Moses and Aaron to say to the people, If sores or boils or a skin rash should break out and start spreading on your body, you must be brought to Aaron or to one of the other priests. If the priest discovers that the hair in the infected area has turned white, and that the infection seems more than skin deep, he will say, This is leprosy. You are unclean. But if the infected area is white and only skin deep, and if the hair in it hasn't turned white, the priest will order you to stay away from everyone else for seven days. If the disease hasn't spread by that time, he will order you to stay away from everyone else for another seven days. Then if the disease hasn't become any worse or spread, the priest will say, You are clean. It is only a sore. After you wash your clothes, you may go home. However, if the disease comes back, you must return to the priest. If it is discovered that the disease has started spreading, he will say, This is leprosy. You are unclean. Any of you with a skin disease must be brought to a priest. If he discovers that the sore spot is white with pus and that the hair around it has also turned white, he will say, This is leprosy. You are unclean and must stay away from everyone else. But if the disease has run its course and only the scars remain, he will say, You are clean. If the sores come back and turn white again, he will say, This is leprosy. You are unclean. However, if the sores heal and only white spots remain, the priest will say, You are now clean. If you have a sore that either swells or turns reddish-white after it is healed, then you must show it to a priest. If he discovers that the hair in the infected area has turned white and that the infection seems more than skin deep, he will say, This is leprosy. 
you are unclean. But if the white area is only on the surface of the skin and hasn't become any worse, and if the hair in it hasn't turned white, he will tell you to stay away from everyone else for seven days. If the sore begins spreading during this time, the priest will say, you are unclean because you have a disease. But if it doesn't spread and only a scar remains, he will say, you are now clean. If you have a burn that gets infected and turns red or reddish white, a priest must examine it. Then if he discovers that the hair in the infected area has turned white and that the infection seems more than skin deep, he will say, the burn has turned into leprosy and you are unclean. But if the priest finds that the hair in the infected area hasn't turned white and that the sore is only skin deep and it is healing, he will tell you to stay away from everyone else for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest will examine you again, and if the infection is spreading, he will say, This is leprosy. You are unclean. However, if the infection hasn't spread and has begun to heal, and if only a scar remains, he will say, Only a scar remains from the burn, and you are clean. If you have a sore on your head or chin, it must be examined by a priest. If the infection seems more than skin deep and the hair in it has thinned out and lost its color, he will say, This is leprosy. You are unclean. On the other hand, if he discovers that the itchy spot is only skin deep, but that the hair still isn't healthy, he will order you to stay away from everyone else for seven days. By that time, if the itch hasn't spread, if the hair seems healthy, and if the itch is only skin deep, you must shave off the hair around the infection, but not those on it. Then the priest will tell you to stay away from everyone else for another seven days. By that time, if the itch hasn't spread and seems no more than skin deep, he will say, you are clean. Now you must wash your clothes. Later, if the itch starts spreading, even though the hair is still healthy, the priest will say, you are unclean. But if he thinks you are completely well, he will say, you are clean. If white spots break out on your skin, but the priest discovers that it is only a rash, he will say, you are clean. If you become bald on any part of your head, you are still clean. But if a priest discovers that a reddish white sore has broken out on the bald spot and looks like leprosy, he will say, this is leprosy, you are unclean. If you ever have leprosy, you must tear your clothes, leave your hair uncombed, cover the lower part of your face and go around shouting, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. As long as you have the disease, you are unclean and must live alone outside the camp. If a greenish or reddish spot appears anywhere on any of your clothing or on anything made of leather, you must let the priest examine the clothing or the leather. He will put it aside for seven days. And if the mildew has spread in that time, he will say, this is unclean because the mildew has spread, then he will burn the clothing or the piece of leather. If the priest discovers that the mildew hasn't spread, he will tell you to wash the clothing or leather and put it aside for another seven days, after which he will examine it again. If the spot hasn't spread but is still greenish or reddish, the clothing or leather is unclean and must be burned. But if the spot has faded after being washed, he will tear away the spot. Later, if the spot reappears elsewhere on the clothing or the leather, you must burn it. Even if the spot completely disappears after being washed, it must be washed again before it is clean. 
These are the rules for deciding if clothing is clean or unclean after a spot appears on it. So I think with today's reading, uh, it's pretty clear that the priests play a far more significant role in the culture uh, within the children of Israel. They play a far more significant role than, than what we can imagine our priests and pastors of today. And it's simply because uh, the evolution of life and humanity has evolved. But in this particular case, uh, where there's no medical doctors per se, uh, the priests sort of take on that role, deeming people clean and unclean for the sake of the spread of infectious diseases and just keeping the camp clean. People are going to get sick and without preventative measures, things can spread fast. And so there's no real significant point I'm trying to make other than to show the role of the priest within the culture it goes far beyond uh, what we can envision or even what we experience today and i love that i love that there is a caring uh, nurturing type of role that comes with just being ordained a priest i think that may just speak of significance to me uh being in ministry and being in church culture my entire life and watching the role of a pastor and looking back at the truly influential pastors of my own life that have really made a mark and what it was about them that made a mark in my life and just having such gratitude now for the ones who took it so seriously and went beyond just preaching a good sermon on Sunday morning and in my early life, Sunday night, um, but really shepherding and caring for people with intentionality and compassion and empathy. I think we're really quick to just label people pastors and titles, give them titles and a form of reverence. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but when you look at the role and the ritual to which the priests had to uphold, I have a respect and an honor for those um, that make it a little bit more difficult for people to go through the process um, and not just hand over an honorary title without those knowing the weight of responsibility of that which they carry. And I think that's the difference is I have learned the role and the responsibility and the weight of responsibility that comes with being a pastor, a priest, a ministry leader. And so seeing how this goes all the way back, the origin of the priestly role, it makes me revere uh, the priesthood the pastoral role, the weight of responsibility that comes with leadership. And it has caused me to go within where I think that's the only place that we can go. 
So, Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that in your word we find just hidden treasures. And if we look close enough, uh, you will reveal so many things. So I thank you for this glimpse today, looking back to the role of a priest and how they cared for the community. And I pray, God, that it would even just cause us to rise to greater responsibility, a, a greater awareness of people around us and our part to play in lives that we too can care for people so well. We too could maybe do more than what we're doing. Just in, even a means of taking precautions and to be aware that we can infect those around us with a smile and with a sneeze. And I pray that we too would all pause and maybe just go inward on these reflections today. We love you, we worship you, and we thank you for your word and how it speaks to us. We pray this all now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We had another full day on the pilgrimage today, but for the sake of sleep, because this morning was an exceptionally early morning, uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. We've started today traveling to Shiloh or Shiloh. One aspect of this trip that is a little bit of a downfall is learning uh, how poorly I pronounce <laughs> some of the words in the Bible that I read, uh, but I am committed in my spare time to learn accuracy, maybe even Hebrew. So Shiloh or Shiloh was the first stop and it sure does hit hard that we have left the Galilee. We are no longer at peace. <laughs> Someone asked me what the pilgrimage is like from start to finish. And my response was, think of like starting in Palm Springs, California. Starting in the desert, Palm Springs, and you drive straight to New York City by the end of the day. Uh, it's pretty drastic. So I say that to say we are acutely aware that we are no longer by the Sea of Galilee, on the Sea of Galilee, where there's just far less people uh, and people are not in close proximity to one another, uh, less houses. And we're just acutely aware of where we are now. So Shiloh, Shiloh, um, we have not hit that in the reading just yet, uh, but Shiloh was the capital of Israel for a, a long period of time, 400 years. And there is just a beautiful site to visit, a little picnic area cradled by tons of pine trees, uh, which just, I don't know, for some reason it felt very reminiscent of home. And that's sort of in the middle of the courtyard with all of the remains of the city around it. And uh, we traveled down the path and visited the story of Samuel at Shiloh. And then we traveled to a, a local winery and had a beautiful lunch. The food was fantastic. 
Uh, the group did a little retail therapy in one of our favorite stores to shop in, and then we headed to Bethlehem. Bethlehem. House of Bread, or Bethlehem, as we call it, uh, to the Church of the Nativity to visit the site where it is said to believe that Jesus was born. And, you know, it's funny, one of the questions we get a lot of times uh, at the sites is, does anyone know the exact place where this took place? And the answer is often, no, we do not. (laughs) How does anyone know the exact spot that happened thousands of years ago? And what's interesting that I discovered today while I was standing in the line to go down and visit what is known to be the birthplace of Jesus, uh, and not just standing in line, but being crowded and watching people cut in and pushed and shoved to get to this birthplace. I found it interesting thinking back to the places we had previously visited where they don't know. And sometimes resting in the mystery of the unknown seems to be a much better option. How we imagine it in our mind uh, is sometimes just the better movie played out than the the potential reality of the situation. So just a little observation from today. Uh, It's just a little bit different experience when we are rushed and crowded and there's just not really space to sit with your thoughts, uh, sit with your feelings, see what God speaks speaks to your heart because you're just trying to get out of the way. And uh, unfortunately, that is what happens at some of these historically and mentally monumental sites that we visit. So that's what took place today. We ended at Bethlehem and drove to Jerusalem. And we are safe and sound for the night. We are well fed for the night and we are about to be tucked in like a baby that is milk drunk. So that was day 10. We're going to get some rest. We're going to turn the page. We're going to wake up and we're going to see what tomorrow holds. Tomorrow is another full day. Uh, We don't have to drive much, but we have to walk a whole lot. So we continue to thank you for your continued prayers. And then we ask you to continue praying for us as we finish this last leg of the trip finish strong Uh, our bodies are tired i think our some of our minds are just tired taking all of this in and and it's also interesting you know the first few days getting here we had to sort of detox from the culture of what we know and live in and integrate and embrace this new culture that we're in even though it was you know, very unfamiliar for for many people here. And now we're sort of inundated as much as we can being pilgrims. Uh, But we're fully immersed as much as we can fully be 
Uh, and then we're going to have to quickly <laughs> detox from this culture and go back to what we know. And some people are like, maybe I could just live here. I don't know. Sell everything, get a few people to come on over and live at the hotels and eat from the buffets every night. <laughs> Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for continuing to pray for us. That's going to do it for us and me today from Jerusalem. We'll turn the page together tomorrow and I look forward to it. Until then, love one another. Good morning, Dabsy. This is Tonya calling from Suffolk. Today is Friday, February the 10th. Uh, I wanted to lift up Alaska's mom, um, her husband. I'm asking Father that you just have your way in a situation um, with this sickness and the neuro neurological things that's going on, Father. I just praise you, Father, and just trust and believe in you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I also want to lift up Simone from Texas called in for Baby Z. Heavenly Father, I'm asking, Lord God, that you just show yourself mighty, Heavenly Father, over baby Z. I speak divine healer in the mighty name of Jesus. And I ask him, Father, that you just wrap your arms around, around her as well, Father, that she's uh, working with the babies and things of that nature, Lord God. Just strengthen her, Heavenly Father. And also, Father, uh, with the death of the pediatric, um, I can't imagine. Um, I work in the healthcare field, Father, and I've seen uh, multiple deaths, and it has been adults, and that hit me hard, even the very first death. So I can't even imagine uh, with the death of the baby. So, Father, I'm asking, Lord God, you just to strengthen thee, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Also, uh, Lady Victory, thank you so much for calling in and your time of vulnerability as well. I just love your transparency. And Father, I just lift up Lady of Victory to you, Father. You know, Lord God, what she's standing in the need of, Lord. And as you know, the strong needs prayer and encouragement as well. And I also know that to be so true. I'm yet still dealing with a lot of things myself, Dabsy family. And I just need you guys just to keep me in your prayer as well. Keep me uplifted. I know that God can do all things but fail. As always, you guys, I love you all and have a... Hey, DABC. It's Renee, his redeemed daughter. I just wanted to come on and thanks and say a praise because my kids, both my adult children, had opportunities to get jobs and they both landed them. And I know that it was with God because... I had asked that he would um, specifically let them know on a Monday, and they both got the um, okay on a Monday, and that's just a God thing with me. Um, I was, I just want to say, if anybody out there prayed, I just thank you, and I praise you, and I praise God. And so now it's my turn. <laughs> I uh, actually have a vision field uh, test today because they were saying that I can see too much, <laughs> um, and I have RP, and they're saying that, um, yeah, uh, I put in a ticket to work so that I could get help with work because I can't see on this little phone and computer to apply for new jobs. And then they're like, oh, well, you got your lenses corrected, so we can't help you anymore. But the problem is, is I still have RP. So if I look at the sun or I can't drive at night or um, I have to have a magnifier to read. Anyways, 
whatever God's will will be, will be. So I just really want some prayer. That's today. I'm leaving shortly. Um, Renee, his redeemed daughter. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for um, praying. I'm so excited for my children that they are covered and they have health care. And it gives them a little confidence, and I know it's from God. So I'm not going to doubt him either today. I'm just going to joyfully trust. Those are my words. So joyfully trust him as I go and do this today. God bless. I hope you guys have a blast in Israel. Wish I was there. Good morning, DABC family. It's your sister, Bridget, calling from Baltimore. I haven't called in in a long time, so Happy New Year to everyone. This is my second year doing DABC, and I feel like I wasn't even here last year. Like, I'm catching parts that was read last year, but I didn't notice. So, amen to that. And I just want to call in and say prayer for a couple people. I'm sorry I don't know names, but... The Lord knows who you are, and you know who you are. So I want to pray for the mother who's traveling with her daughter for her physician's assistance interview. I'm praying for travel mercies for you all. I'm praying for the mother who has a son who has autism that has some heart complications, and he's going into surgery soon. I'm going to pray, Lord, pray that the Lord um, anoints the hands of the surgeons and anybody that's a part of the, the surgery, and that I pray that he smooth recovery time and that God gives him peace as well as you mom peace and the rest of the family. I want to pray also for the wife who called in who has a husband who just recently got a neurology appointment praying that um, God's will prevails in regards to getting the Medicare information and um, that we get an answer to what's going on with him. And then lastly I want to pray for or just acknowledge um, Lady of Victory. I heard your call, I heard you calling today for another mother. And as soon as you started speaking, something just came to mind. I'm gonna say it's the Lord, but in my heart, I felt like I prayed that the Lord um, continues to heal you and continues to give you support. And I pray that somehow there's a ministry that opens up for you in order to encourage and motivate sons or mothers or something. Good morning, Deb Sears. This is Roxanne from Greenville, North Carolina. Going to try to make this quick. China, China, China. Your commentary for February 9th was so on point. Um, I had an issue with my security system where I thought I had a break-in and they wanted me to believe I had a break-in, but things just weren't adding up. And then they uh, uh, updated the software on my alarm. But before that happened and before I had a chance to really think about it, I was ready to buy a new security system so that I could get a doorbell camera that was going to cost me $750 and I was willing to spend it because I was in fight or flight. I was panicked. I was scattered. And when I woke up the next morning, which is February 10th now, um, I, God was like, listen, I already gave you what didn't add up. I already told you that the neighbor downstairs had an issue with their camera, with their system triggering. I gave you us. You don't need to spend $750. Trust me. And even though I heard that voice and I was like, okay, I'll get something that's less expensive for a doorbell ring. You know, your commentary just solidified and confirmed that God is saying, trust me, I'm your security. 
I'm your ultimate security. If you had it in here or not, nothing can keep you safe but me. And I'm so grateful to hear the commentary that you gave. It was so awesome. Um, God just speaks through everyone and, and, and uses everyone to speak to us, to give us the answers that we need. Um, and, you know, we forget so quickly. So thank you. I love you. I got nine seconds. Everybody have a great day. Bye.